0: Hello, I am Samantha Tomlinson. And I'm Jocelyn Ponciano. And this is that good old Disney podcast. And we're talking Reluctant Dragon. This Mm -hmm. is a... This is not... Okay, I will say if... I mean, unless... If you haven't seen it, it's not what you think. Yeah! It... (laughs) This, I... When we were first planning this... When we were first planning this whole podcast... And I was going through, like, on on Disney Plus, Mm -hmm. they have, like, through the decades, and it's everything. And I came across Reluctant Dragon. I'm like, oh, I guess, yeah, we're going to have to do this one. And I was, it's, it is animated. It's not like, it's animated and live action. And it's, I thought it was more about the Reluctant Dragon, though. Not. (laughs) Which is not, yeah, and then I was watching it, and I'm like, wait. Is it like a metaphor? Is he the reluctant dragon?
1: <laughs> Thinking way too much into it.
0: And because, yeah, like it's not like like Mary Poppins or Bedknolls and Broomsticks where it's live action and then they interact with animated characters, which is what I kind of thought it was based on the description. And it's also advertised like an animated movie. And there are pieces of animation in it, but I would say it's, it's it's not really either like it's just a movie and there's animation in it and live action
1: i'm so sad because they missed a, a great opportunity in my like opinion to be like kind of like a documentary i think we talked about this too when we were talking about um uh what were we were talking about uh, saving mr banks with like animation and like oh we want to see this and i'm like oh this is basically what that is but like in a weird story <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. That's funny. I thought that too, because Saving Mr. Banks is more of like a, a, a biopic, a biopic. And I almost said biopic, which is what I said, used to call it for a long time. Um, it's more of a, it's more of a biopic, whereas this is more, this is a fiction, it's a fictitious piece about but. Robert Benchley is a was a real person. And he's playing like a characterized version of himself going through uh basically the plot of this movie is Robert Benchley after being coerced by his wife to pitch the idea of the children's storybook The Reluctant Dragon to Walt Disney and on his way to his meeting he's just getting basically a backstage tour and he's Ends up in the uh, animators room and the and the storyboard room and uh, audio and all of the stuff. And I will say, if you are interested in filmmaking or Disney, I definitely think it is worth a watch. Like there were times I was very. I feel like the audio part was probably my favorite because I audio is is really cool. So it was to watch it was really fun, but um. A little uh, more uh, backstory. So The Reluctant Dragon came out June 20th, 1941, and it was shot entirely at the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank, California, and it had a budget of like $600,000 and it made about $960,000. So it really only it really made like $300,000 plus (laughs) dollars. So it didn't do that well um and like we said, Robert benchley he was uh he was a humorist, a comedian, and he's playing himself in this, and I didn't really know who he was, so to me, I was like, oh person, I didn't really think like i feel like if this was the forties, it was i feel like in the forties he's he was the star he was the oh robert benchley, he's a comedian like but no he's i didn't you know." Um, And this was actually, it kind of came out during a controversial time, because as we've previously discussed, this actually came out during the animator strike. And there is, and while Robert Benchley is going around the studios, and there's that sense of everyone's super friendly and a big family, this was during a period of time where a lot of the animators who in the movie, in this movie, a lot of these animators are actors. Because most of them went on strike. <laughs> Ironically. And actually people would stand out. Animators would stand outside of theaters. And they were holding signs. Where the dragon. Was Disney. And said the reluctant Disney. And it's like. And then I was like. This is why you don't get into fights with. The creative people. Because they'll just. They'll just be clever with their signs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they will make you ashamed with
0: their puns. Um. Yeah. I Yeah. Um. I remember when I was I was seeing pictures like for the animator strike, and there was one that was like of Pinocchio, and it said like Yeah, like no strings on me or something." And I'm like, "And I'm like, it's it's like, see today, if people are protesting and someone makes reference like a pop culture reference, it's like, <laughs> oh, haha. But to make reference to a studio that you are striking, <laughs> striking, like, <laughs> like kudos to you, sir." Um, yeah <laughs> so this movie is like we said it's partly animated partly live action and it starts off black and white and it starts off weird because Robert Benchley a grown man he's like on a raft in his pool and this is the 40s and he's, he's in like an old-timey bathing suit and he's shooting darts at like these toy ducks that are floating in the pool and his wife is reading the reluctant dragon to him And the Reluctant Dragon is a Mm -hmm. children's storybook. So I just still don't really understand why she's reading this to her husband. The only thing I can think of is it's because she wants him to pitch this idea. So maybe she was reading to him, trying to get him interested. But she reads it, closes it and says, she kind of makes it sound like this has just hit her as opposed to that was her plan all along. So I don't I don't know. But I actually was even confused. I'm like, wait, is this supposed to be a joke? Is this supposed to be like, is he playing like a child for a second? I'm like, why is this man shooting darts at a toy while someone reads him a storybook? It was very childlike, so I was very confused in the beginning. No, he's an adult and just being read a children's storybook. And she's urging him to go to uh Walt Disney and pitch this idea she thinks it's a great idea and he is not interested he like could not care less at this point point. and then she drops him off at the studio and again he is not that interested so I I understand it's the 40s and you know unfortunately there's like the men are probably are more important in this period of time in terms of listening you know, I don't, <laughs> in terms of like listening in business deals, they're probably more likely to listen to him. But I'm kind of like, why? But also throughout the movie, one of the people, there's women all over the studio who are giving him explanations on like, oh, this is where we do this. And this is where we do this. And so I'm like, why doesn't she go pitch this? Or Actually, why doesn't she go with him? She drops him off. and She's like, oh, I'm just going to go shopping. And I'm like, why don't, first of all, why? You're the one who wants to do this. Why aren't you doing it? And uh, he is met by Humphrey, a studio guide who's tasked to deliver Mr. Benchley to, to Walt Disney. And I got to bring up. So on the, you know, at the studio, there is a a signpost of like, you know, directions. And it says like um, Mickey Avenue, Dopey Drive, And it was made just for the movie and it was supposed to be taken down and it wasn't. It's still there. Which I'm like, that's, yeah, I know. I'm like, like, and all over everywhere he's walking around, they're playing. And I don't know if like, this was just the music they chose for the movie or if like, it's like speakers or somewhere, but you're hearing like instrumental, like Snow White music. And I was like, I I was just like, uh. Again, is this is this what it's like at Disney at Disney Studios? They're just playing Disney music all day long. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's following his tour guide, and then he just slips away. And at first, I thought it was because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to pitch it. But I think it's just he's just he's interested. And he's like excited, which is be- which is becomes the movie, which was fine. I just more thought it was weird the first time because I'm like, wait, are you hiding? Are you genuinely interested? Like, what's what's your motivation here? And Josie, you said mm-hmm. this did not
1: hook you right away. So did you you fell asleep? <laughs> I genuinely fell asleep. Like I only remember them like getting in the car, and I was already. It- this was like home. two minutes in, and I was like, I'm. There's nothing happening right now. Like, again, like, I had watched The Reluctant Dragon, but I think I didn't watch it, like, on DVD or something, or I might have watched it. I only saw The Reluctant Dragon. I have never seen the first, like, I don't know, like, 45 minutes of it. The whole rest of the movie. Yeah, like, when, when we were talking about The Reluctant Dragon, I was just like, this is going to be a really short podcast. Like, yeah. Um, until I realized, I was like, "What? what is all this backstory? And then I only, like, very recently just finished rewatching yeah. it. And I was like, oh, like, okay. Like, it it, it is very off-putting. I think people who are... It's very clickbait, I think. Yeah. Like, for lack of, like, a a better word, it's like, you think you're going to get this really cute, like, maybe, like, short film of... Well, yeah, full-length film of The Reluctant Dragons. Like, no, you're gonna get a bunch of weird stuff mixed with really interesting stuff and then The Reluctant Dragon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I had never seen this movie. And I remember a couple years ago my sister and I came across it. Like we saw the poster or like the picture of it and we were laughing because we're like, what is this? And like, <laughs> why is he holding, he's holding a slice of cake on the poster it, or like, or on the, like the uh video release picture. And we're like, what is this movie? We, we were, so yeah, I don't know what I thought. I knew, I knew it was this guy gets behind the scenes, but I thought, the reluctant dragon was going to be more involved and it doesn't really come i mean that is the reason he's there and it doesn't really show up until the end um Yeah. so anyway he sneaks into an art class where so throughout this movie he is sneaking into various rooms and they're in the middle of making something the first couple of rooms they're in the middle of making something that we'll later see. So he sneaks into this art class where these artists are drawing an elephant. It's Dumbo. Like, all of the pictures are Dumbo. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't think it was that weird that he was, like, liking the pictures or into it. What I thought was kind of weird was that he was giving them advice. Like, no, you got to do this because it'll make them more... Uh, it'll make them funnier. Or, or there was him and then, the, like, the, the teacher or the one in charge... But there was a point where he was like he took over, and I'm like, why are you so invested? <laughs> You've been here maybe a minute. I'm I'm glad you're invested. I just thought it was kind of weird. <laughs> and he, uh, yeah. And so and it was kind of fun. I'm like oh, it's Dumbo. And then uh, the next room, uh, he it's the recording studio, and he meets Clarence Nash. Who is the voice for Donald Duck? And let me look up the other. There was someone. There was there was the other person with with him. Who it turns out it was the voice for. Um. Oh, it was Florence Gill, and she was the voice of Clara Cluck. Which who is Clara? Who is who is Clara Cluck? Yeah. 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 Um, But they're like, they're, you know, talking and they're like doing it. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then uh, he starts talking, trying to like ask him like, oh, how do you do the voice? And he says he makes an air pocket in his mouth and then just thinks like a duck. And I'm like... I get the air pocket and I get the duck might for terms of talking, but I don't really, I know it's all about imagination. Like I get it, but I was just like, I was trying, was attempted. I'm like, okay, air pocket. What else? There has to be something else that I'm missing. Cause I, I can't do it, but it was really, it was cool, but it was cool. Um, and then he starts like, Hey, can you do, Hey, can you do a voice of a dragon? And he's like, what would that sound like? And he is on his hands and knees trying to like attempt. He's starting to get more into what he, the purpose, his purpose and why he's there. And then uh, his tour guide Humphrey shows up and starts to lead him again to the office with, for his meeting with Disney. And then he sneaks away again and he keeps doing this. And I'm just like, what is up with you? Why can't you just go to this meeting? I am sure that you can ask Disney and say, hey, I, can I take a look around? Like, this is really cool. And part of me thinks he would say yes. I would not have been surprised if he said yes. It just was bothering me so much. I'm like, you know what? I know this is cool, but you're being kind of inconsiderate. And the part where he does, he's doing, he's like trying to be a dragon. And then we see like someone's shoes, or, like someone, someone's, uh, at, standing right above him and he looks up and I thought it was going to be Walt Disney no it's the tour guide and then he gets finds himself in the audio room where they're working on Casey Jr. so Casey Jr.'s in Dumbo but this is a different I think it's like this I, I don't really know I think a lot of this stuff is like I said we see it later Uh, like he goes in a room later where they're working on Bambi and a lot of it's stuff we do see later, but some of it is stuff that I think was made specifically for this. Um, so yeah, like Casey Jr. Eventually will be in uh Dumbo, but this was like something else, but about that, that scene. I really liked that was very cool. That's the sound. That's the audio scene. And like, honestly, I would say just watch that. Cause that was probably my favorite part. And then, uh, <laughs> no, like it was cool. It was really cool. And then like, like, uh, there was the train is going under a tunnel and the tiles on the roof of the tunnel are like popping off and they were using like syrup bottles, like, 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 like diner syrup bottles. And I'm like, that's so cute. I love it. And he then finds himself in. So with this, like up to this point, it is black and white. And he walks into another room and everything's in color. And actually I didn't even notice for a second that it was in color because we're so used to seeing things in color that I didn't even think about it. And then he makes note because the same woman, uh, Doris, who is played by, uh, I have her name right here. She's played by uh, Francis uh, Gifford. She also is in that room and he's like, Oh wow. Sorry. You look different in Technicolor. And I'm like, wait. And then I went back. I'm like, Oh, it was black and white. And now it's, it's kind of like, like Wizard of Oz, uh, except..." a little more subtle because wizard of oz is a big like whoa and this was just kind of like it. it's 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 subtle enough that for a split second i didn't notice because again so used to seeing color and i think it was in this scene um we're shown it's it's like a color room and camera room and he looks through a camera and it and he's shown a piece of uh animation like like the uh the colors like the background of I don't know if it was if it's ever used for anything but it was the most for this like couple of seconds was some of the most beautiful animation I have ever seen I was just like what is this I and maybe it's Bambi maybe it was because then he watches like a, a a short like Donald Duck short so I was like I don't know if it, was, if it was from that. It was a different background. But it was like, did you get to that part? Yeah, I did. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think it is in Bambi. Um, Maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It reminded me of the scene in Beauty and the Beast during the bell reprise. Oh. When she's like running on the hill, like, and it's mm-hmm. fall. So everything, that's what it, th- and it was just so gorgeous. And I was like, almost drooling. I'm like, oh my god, it's it was so beautiful. And then uh he's taken into the uh mm-hmm. mar the they're they're making like they make like models, like clay models of all the characters. That one with that that room I thought was fun. And you see mm-hmm. like all of these clay models of these characters that they have previously made and yeah. some that they are will make. Like you see Captain Hook among them. Um, and they make a bust of him. They make it so quick, and then and they do this a couple of times. A lot of the rooms they keep giving him the gifts and stuff everywhere everywhere he goes, and uh, yeah, they make this bust, and he just he takes it and then moves right along. And I think it happens here. There's a couple of times where he hears, you hear, Mr. Benchley, it's Humphrey looking for him, and he's just hiding, still trying to hide, like, away from him, or he sees people, like, they're holding, like, a big, like, uh board or something, and he, like, sneaks out with them just so he can escape the tour guide, which you find out later, the tour guide's boss is basically saying to him, like, if I can't trust you with this, how can I trust you with anything else? Yeah. I'm like this is not his fault. <laughs> it's trying to make it out that he's do- it's it was trying to kind of make it out like he's the villain. And I'm like he is doing his job. His job is to bring <laughs> Mr. Benchley to Mr. Disney. That is what he's supposed to do. He is not like I don't know. It was it was I'm like this is he's not the bad guy. <laughs> um but then he ends up in, uh, like, a he hears a baby crying and sees, like, this, like, nurse uh, woman bringing in, like, stuff for a baby. And it's, like, a – it's a storyboard mm-hmm. room and it's a bunch of storyboard artists and they're drawing this baby. And this is something – I actually – I was looking this up. I Again, I only think this was made for this if it wasn't someone Instagram us or whatever because I cannot find it. But it's this baby – who's born it, the the idea is and this is all through storyboarding that they show this it's not it's not animated um and it's this baby who's born and he can talk like a person like a regular like full form sentences like an adult and he's so smart and everybody wants him and the parents are just like basically become like regular fans like they're just watching on him on through their TV or they never get to see the son and then I guess the baby at the end gets sick. And everybody is about to, like, hear him speak. And then he speaks like a baby. Like, he, it's like his temperature. He got sick. His temperature. He had a fever. And I guess his temperature just burnt the adultness out of him. I don't know. And then it just moves right along. And I'm like, is this a real thing? I was trying to, again, I can't find this anywhere. So I think this was made only for this. And, again, he gets another gift. They draw him. They draw a picture of Robert Benchley as like a baby but with his like nose his adult nose and mustache and and then uh he oh i think we skipped uh he was in the rainbow room which this room this was a very satisfying scene because it's just how they're making paint oh yeah i like that one and there were a lot of these colors where i'm like I want that's like I've been looking for that color for like nail out of nail for nail polish. <laughs> like it was that kind of like it was very satisfying yeah. to watch them make paint. Um mm-hmm. and uh I also love the name the rainbow room. <laughs> like uh and then uh he ends up in the he, it's he's in the like the animators room and in this scene I actually like mixed up I, for a split second, because I saw these two, these two dark haired guys, I thought they were the Sherman brothers who do a lot of the, uh, lyrics and music for a lot of like Disney movies and like the 50s, 60s and 70s. And so I got really excited and then I realized, oh no, they're just, they're just animators. <laughs> they're just regular, regular animators. And this was the, they, they show him, uh, a goofy short. So, Goofy had a lot of these shorts, like how to shorts. And this one is another classic. They made it specifically for this movie, but it was the start of Goofy did of Goofy's how to shorts. So, like he had, there's one that's like I think how to, I think there's like a how to swim things like that. This one was like how to ride a horse. I think the one that like and I get uh, the one that yeah. most
1: people are familiar with are the how to like set up a like a sound system. I think that's like the most like, if not the last, the last current one of Goofy's, like, how-to. I think that's, like, the one that, like, most people are, like, familiar with, but he has, like, a long history of these how-to ones. Yeah,
0: and I guess the narrator for that short was, um, he was told to read it not humorously, just very straight, and so he <laughs> didn't, I guess, apparently didn't know that it was for a Goofy short because about that which is the joke because he needs to be make it serious because then it makes it more funny because goofy's being goofy. Um and then uh I think it's I think it's in here finally Humphrey <laughs> catches up with him and he says like this time I'm going to follow you and leads him to to uh the projection room where we see Walt Disney Walt Disney makes an appearance in this And I thought for a second, like, because the thing is I'm more used to seeing older Walt Disney. Like uh, if you, if anyone remembers those, um, it was like behind the scenes of like, like the VHS tapes that I grew up with of like a behind the scenes of the movie. And there's like one, like a Peter Pan one where he's like, Oh, Hey, Tinkerbell. And then she like puts fairy dust on him and he's flying and he's like dusting it off him. And he's like in his like, late 50s or 60s by this point so to see him young i was just like oh my god it's young walt disney (laughs) i got so excited and he uh is saying like oh so i hear you got like a story you want to pitch me and they decide to they're going to talk about it right after they watch uh Mm -hmm. this whatever they're going to watch and it's the reluctant dragon (laughs) which i'm skipping ahead here i i I saw that at that moment, I'm like, oh, watch it be the reluctant (laughs) dragon. Yeah. But then his wife, uh, Benchley's wife at the end, she's like, oh, like you missed your opportunity. Like you always do this. And now you don't get the right like, and I'm like, first of all, I don't understand. It's not like they just put this together today. We see the whole process. We know it takes longer than a day to do this. and." I was just so irritated that she was blaming him. When I'm like, you know what? Like, you brought this up to him today. And I guess they were just, Disney was, I thought if anything, Disney was going to be, make a comment like, oh, wow, yeah, you got a good eye. Yeah, no, we're already doing this. Like some kind of comment and we don't get any of of that. And the, and actually I have been, I was thinking like, wouldn't it have been funny if there were signs the whole through the whole uh movie of every room that he's in they're working on something that's we will later find out is the reluctant dragon or at least like a hint or like they're in the background doing something you know like that i feel like would have made more sense because yeah there was no reason for us to expect that until like the very end i'm like oh watch that's what the movie's gonna be and yeah this so like the last 20 minutes of the movie is the reluctant Dragon and this is i i think this this is a real kids book i think and and uh it's about a like a i don't know like a medieval whatever village and there is a dragon nearby oh no and then this kid goes up to see the dragon and sees that the dragon is like very nice and loves poetry and tea and he finds out that they're going to kill the dragon and he says, you got to fight them. And he's like, no, I don't fight. And then he brings up the Sir Giles, the dragon like killer or slayer or whatever it was. (laughs) And he's like a really old man, like super old. (laughs) And basically, and he, uh, and then they go visit the dragon and then it turns out, then they start bonding. He's like, Oh, I'm also a poet. And and then the kid, the kid just wants them to schedule a fight so bad. I'm like, why? They're they're bonding. There doesn't need to be a fight. What is it with this kid? And then uh, they decide to fight in front of mm-hmm. the townspeople, and the dragon is really scared because he's he can't, I guess, breathe fire until the kid starts yelling at him that you're a punk poet, which you know gets him I guess angry and he's able to breathe fire and the whole fight is just staged like they're and it gets the that's just and then they even like he says to him like oh heads up this is the death scene and there's actually a part I thought this was funny they go back into the dragon's cave and they're like sounds like they're fighting but you see them just like banging like stuff together to make it sound like crashes and they're just like Oh no, not like just, just shouting out things like, and then at the end he has their, you know, air quote, death scene. And then I guess the dragon is just allowed into society. And, and then we get the argument. And then that's the end of the reluctant dragon. And then we get the argument with uh, Benchley and his wife. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. <laughs> it's, it is like an, hour and a half or something or hour 50 it's it's a short movie
1: mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know like it's one of those things which just like for the time I can see why it didn't do well yeah because it's just like now it's just like oh this is from this this was over. like there's such cute like easter eggs and like I think me and you see i being kind of like Disney nerds we're like oh this is so like ha you know we we get like satisfaction in seeing these things and even if you're just interested in like animation yeah. animal, you probably still really enjoy this but like anyone else I'd be like why am I watching this like if you're watching this because the really dragon was your favorite uh yeah. storybook I'm sorry like you're going to have to sit through a lot of stuff first <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean yeah you do
0: get it it's just at the very end uh yeah it's it's not bad it's just it's it's more of uh it's behind the scenes, and then i'm just it's I'm just more curious why it didn't need to be the reluctant dragon yeah. like it could have been the same thing of this guy getting a tour behind the scenes of Disney and you know going to like pitch an idea. It could have been like any idea it didn't need to be the reluctant dragon. The reluctant dragon just could have been a short on its own like it really like it really isn't like it could it could have been anything. It could have been a different book or a different idea. There was really no reason for it to be specifically *The Reluctant Dragon*. Um, yeah, but actually, the animation I got want to talk about for *Reluctant Dragon* was, I mean, it was it was it was good. It looked more though. It reminded me, especially the design for the kid. It were kind of. Remi- Did you ever see that? Like, I want to say it was in like the '60s or something. That like Frosty the Snowman, uh cartoon yeah i did yeah and like the kids all have like they're all wearing like the girls dresses are really short and their legs are super long mm-hmm. that's kind of how it looked like like the kids shorts were it, i was just very aware of them because they were like really short like it almost looks like a bathing suit bottom as opposed to short shorts yeah and i i wasn't trying to be weird i just that i noticed them right away and it always that stuff always just like why um yeah the animation for it was very good it was more designed like a short as opposed to um you know like the design comparative for like you know snow white and pinocchio yeah um it was a lot more it was a lot it was really uh, vivid and bright but it was a lot more um Mm -hmm. simple as well it kinda reminded me of a brighter, simpler Sword of the Stone. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So A little bit. But the medievalness especially. Yeah. Um Yeah, there is really this is very this was a pretty short movie. There's not there's not even that much to talk
1: about. Yeah, I mean like you could you could dive deeper into it, but it's more of just, like... Because now you're just taking away from what The Reluctant Dragon is. Like, you're just like, oh, this is, like, a really cool, like... Look at how they did storyboarding and, like, audio and all that stuff. And that's really cool. But, like, I don't know. As a movie titled The Reluctant Dragon... Yeah. That, I think that's the part where I have trouble with it. Like, I feel like I would have liked it more if it was just literally named something else. The Reluctant Guy or something. Yeah. Yeah, like, anything else that led me to believe that it was more than just this. Like, a pitch meeting for this. For something that was already in the works
0: yeah it's it is it is misleading very misleading um yeah i i agree like there was no reason for it to be the call of the reluctant dragon it could have been anything else
1: mm-hmm. but i think it was uh, cool because it was basically the biggest advertisement ever for future films it was like look at what we're doing yeah i was like that's kind of cool
0: <laughs> yeah on uh flickster crit- uh on, an audience only really gave it like a 67 percent and yeah you know it wasn't like really like bad it just wasn't it wasn't bad or anything it was just uh it's definitely misleading and it also it says a different date than when it came out so now I don't know if I'm wrong or if it's wrong (laughs) wait what I was looking up on Flickster and it said that it came out January 1st 1941 I don't I'm like that's that's a weird date for a movie to come out or a cool date. I don't know. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Because that's a weird date. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not really much more to talk about with this movie.
1: No, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, you guys, you guys can go watch it. I mean, it's one of those films where, like, I will only recommend this to a niche group of people if you are really, really into Disney. Um, yeah, because the that it that was
0: very cool. That stuff was very cool to see. And obviously it's changed a lot since but it is cool to see how it worked at the time mm-hmm. um because you know i i like i understand a little bit of how animation works i understand drawing and that's pretty much where i that's all i know but this was like yeah it's it is a lot of work and it's it's kind of amazing that disney was so i understand why disney was so successful but like it's a ton of work, so it was really cool to see. So yeah, I re- I would only really recommend this to hardcore Disney fans or people that are interested in
1: animation. Yeah. Um, as terms for like I don't know to keep up the theme of our kid reading, um, I would give it a no reading. You can watch this however age you are.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is I. There's nothing, I, I would only say maybe older than, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would say no rating. Because I feel like maybe when you're really little, you might not be that interested in it. Um, There were definitely scenes that yeah. I was super <laughs> into and some that I wasn't as. But um, it's not, there's nothing in this that is scary. Yeah. Like, like yeah. the horrors that we've already endured. Like, there is nothing in here that is scary. This is really just, like, a behind the scenes, a fic, a fictitious behind the scenes, which is a really interesting idea when you think about it, because it's not just like a, which I'm sure there are studio tours of Disney and maybe during this time, but like, this is a, this is a fake, this is a story about a guy giving, getting a behind the scenes look at Disney. Like, how did they come up? Why, 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 why did they come up with that? Why? Um, yeah, so I think I think that's pretty much it for reluctant dragon. Uh that is uh, yeah, <laughs> Disney news. <laughs> yeah, actually I I kept forgetting to bring this up before. Um so I think I had read a long time ago they are making Disney is making a live action Peter Pan and they recently casted mm-hmm. Jude Law as Captain Hook. And I'm like, "What?" oh Oh. (laughs) yeah that's interesting that is interesting casting i i i am looking forward to that yeah for sure Hmm. um yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) there yeah it's yeah i'm like i can't really i can't really see it but i it's not like i i can't not see it um but also at least i think that it is disney I'm pretty sure that this is the the, yeah it is Disney um and it might be on just Disney plus as as of going instead of going into theaters
1: yeah the world right now it's I mean kudos on them for like Disney plus in general because it really saved them from this entire like questioning of what are we going to do now because like I mean Mulan has been pushed back but I think they have already said that it's going to be released to Disney plus and like, apparently, though, but I don't know if this is a rumor. Apparently,
0: Will Smith turned down Captain Hook, which would have been funny. But I also can't imagine him wa- like he didn't even want to do genie when they first asked him. He's like, no, like I don't want to, like you know, because this is a pretty intense. I mean,
1: <laughs> is this so is so much
0: pressure. <laughs> crazy. This is. I mean, it's not even like that it's a intense audience but also he was like robin williams's genie i can't and he went he went in his whole, his own way which and it was funny and i had no issue with him um but i can't
1: imagine him wanting to do another major yeah i wouldn't want it either i think i would have like a genuine problem and be like um okay you know what i respected your job with aladdin yeah but now it's like i want someone completely new like, I, I don't want to see you again. I guess
0: Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix was almost... was like He was, like, being considered, which... Really? I, I don't know if that's true or not, which that would have been... That would have been cool. That I can also... Jude Law, I have nothing against. I think he he's fine. I just... Um, there's other people I see more, but I'm sure he'd be... He'll be fine. Like, I'm sure he'll be entertaining. Um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, I could totally visualize, though. Yeah. Like, I can absolutely visualize. I can totally see it. Well, also, because it says... Uh, this is on IMDb. It says that if he, you know, does Captain Hook, he would also probably be Mr. Darling because usually the two are mm-hmm. the same. But it doesn't really say if Jude Law is playing Mr. Darling, which I would assume he is because, again, they're usually played by the same person. Like even in the even in the original mm-hmm. Peter Pan, they animated them the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have casted Peter and Wendy for this, and I'm. So the kid that's Peter Pan, well, I have noticed his picture isn't his like headshot isn't on IMDb anymore. But when I did first check, he looked really young. I don't know how old he is. Peter's supposed to be like 12. Uh, So I'm like, and firstly, I'm like, I don't really as long as he does a good job, I don't really care. But he is technically supposed to be 12 years old because that's just before you hit, you know, your teen years where you're not a kid anymore ergo but um yeah (laughs) but and he's also from what i based on his appearance i don't think he's white which i think is cool i think again the maybe the when the picture goes back but i from what i checked i'm like oh i don't think he's white which i think is yeah i think that's really cool um and uh, also apparently they they don't know if they're gonna have Tiger Lily or the um, Native people, mm, I which I understand. But you could just do them respect, uh, respectively, like you know, like it's it's yeah. I don't know if the answer is to take them out of it completely because even in the Peter Pan book, I love Peter Pan, and I've read the I I love I have like three copies of the book, and. I'm like actually looking for like two more. There's like two specific ones, like the specific covers that I'm looking for. And they're kind of a big part of it. They're not like heavily, heavily part of the plot, but they are part of Neverland. They are a big part of Neverland. So I don't really see, I don't really see how taking them out is the answer. Um, I just think they could just, they could just call them the natives, not the uh, i don't know can we even say it <laughs> like i yeah what they do call them um they could just call them like the natives you know or or like they i feel like the answer is just to be respectful i don't really see how taking them out entirely is i mean if that's what they do that's what they do
1: but yeah i mean it. it if they do i mean i we get it but they're also missing a chance to like right or wrong in a way and i, I would rather and i think most people would rather have the yeah. like, right or wrong and yeah see us portrayed respectfully kind of situation
0: yeah um so uh if anyone listened to our uh previous episode a couple episodes back i don't what number is this um (laughs) uh when we did our disneyland episode uh our friend kevin we uh him and i actually do another podcast called movie reel and we just pick a movie and we talk about it and we talked about hook and i this was a while back because it was on netflix and i'm like yeah they didn't mention they didn't at all i think they maybe mentioned them but they didn't we didn't see the native people and he said like well i think yeah. that's probably because of how they were portraying the disney one and i saw it as the same way as you did i'm like but they could have just done them correct or and i i mean this was the 90s so maybe it wouldn't have been i don't know but i yeah, yeah i viewed it the same way I'm like they could have just done it yeah. uh and been respectful not just get rid of them entirely, yeah. and I think that's just the right yeah, right the wrong as opposed to ignoring it, which I don't think is going to solve anything. um But I am excited. I I do hope this was. I do I hope I do hope it's good. <laughs> like I hope, but who knows? Yeah,
1: I mean things are like changing now with like I mean, they might have to refilm stuff that they've done, or like I mean not in this, but I mean like in Disney in general. Like is it because like now that they're stopping production? Like ooh, what does this mean for like the casting or like anything mm-hmm. in general? Like it's all up for question now. But I am very optimistic. I think they'll they'll do what Disney does best, and it, regardless, it will be very very pretty to see. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. If like they if they actually like like a live action Neverland, oh, it'd be so big look really beautiful. They, but they also like that's what I I um for like Mandalorian season two for example, I I assume that they hadn't started shooting or maybe they started and didn't finish because throughout quarantine you know we're hearing oh they're adding this person to the cast oh they're adding this person and then uh recently i think it was kevin actually he sent me it was on reddit somewhat they posted uh when mandalorian season two is being released so i'm like and it's this year and i'm like wait what? How? <laughs> I don't know, if, so I don't know if that's right or not. Like I would love it if it's right, but I also think if it yeah. was, we would have a trailer by now. And I and the fact that they were still casting during COVID, I'm like, I don't know. That'd be cool, but I I would be very like, when did you guys did you guys just barely finish and
1: then shut down? Who knows. Yeah, it 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 is very like timing everything. I mean, the same thing with Disney, like we don't know how long they've been truly doing this. Like they could have been shooting already for season two, like towards the end of season. Like it's not out of the norm for them to do that. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm really
0: excited for it. So part of me was really excited, but then I was also like, I had accepted that we were going to get it probably in 2021. So (laughs) the thought of like, it's it's closer, it's kind of that like, the anticipation, and then suddenly the fact that it's almost here, you're like, you miss the anticipation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. You're like, um, you took this away from me. Because <laughs> yeah, sometimes the anticipation is the most fun part. Because mm-hmm. the excitement is like, ah! Um, I think we're out of, yeah, we are really, like, yeah, this, again, uh, this is definitely for the very very hardcore disney fans or anyone that is interested in animation uh it is interesting but it, it is the advertising's misleading i fell asleep i think <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think until next time i'm samantha tomlinson and i'm jocelyn Fonciato. and you're listening to that good old disney podcast